0: So tonight, what I'm doing, and last week I attempted to do, and um, when we did, I made it. I made. I wanted to make people hungry. I want to make us hungry, because if there's no hunger, if there's no hunger to uh, proceed farther along, you're not going to proceed farther along. So with hunger, you actually end up arriving at the destination of being fed, because that's the way the Lord is. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're going to be filled with righteousness. If you hunger and thirst for things in the kingdom, you're going to find them. You'll end up finding a book. You'll end up in a meeting. You'll end up with a friendship. You'll end up finding what it actually is that you're hungering and longing for. That's just the kingdom. That's Jesus. He will feed us, and he will feed us what we're hungry for. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to expound on one aspect of these 15 ways, which is beholding the Lord. And how to behold him, how to wait upon him, how to actually look at him, behold him, and enter into that place of looking and beholding the Lord in intimacy. There's many ways that I talked about on that CD, and it would be a great one for anybody who wants to um, find ways to connect with Jesus. So last week I shared stories about a friend of ours, Timothy Lavelle. He's a prophet. He came into town and what I did last time the last uh, session one I would call it was I talked about Men of God prophets of God seers of God people who walk with God in incredible levels And I shared with them how many of them they didn't start out incredible levels They didn't start out with seeing Jesus walk into their living room. They didn't start out with Angels, you know coming around and dancing with angels. They didn't start out with uh, these incredible um, encounters happening for them, it, and many of them uh, didn't start out that way. So I shared with some of their stories last time, and then I shared the disciplines in their life that they did in their early years to actually get there. Which, um, what my point and my goal of doing that was to say you can do it too. It's not just for the um elite. <laughs> it's not it's not just for those called into fivefold office. It's not just for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Because apostle, prophet, evangelists, pastor, and teacher is the, for the perfecting of the saints that we all might come into the unity of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is the fullness of Christ? It's the fullness of Christ. <laughs> it's the fullness of Jesus. We're all called into the fullness of Jesus as he is, as he was sent into the world, so we are sent in in the same way. That is the fullness of Christ. You're called to be the bride of Christ. He's not going to have a bride or marry someone who's not like him. Not going to be a, a counterpart, you know, that he adores and loves and is finds amazing. So he's growing us up into him in all things. And so training you in how to behold the Lord is my uh, way of giving you A practical Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday way to do that. Is that good? That's awesome. So I shared, I talked about uh, Timothy Laval's story. I talked about Terry Bennett. We're friends with him. I shared stories of his encounters. Terry Bennett uh, now, you know, has many. Gabriel comes to him a lot. And and, uh, Elijah comes a lot. There's uh, um, Jesus comes a lot. He's had amazing, uh, taken into the future, seen headline reports from Gabriel, which is a fulfillment of a prophecy that Paul Keith Davis had, that someone was going to start having visitations from Paul, from uh, Gabriel. Then. And, of course, Paul Keith Davis wished that it was him. It wasn't him. We all wish that it was me. It was us. But thank God somebody was having visitations, you know. And I know Terry. Terry loves Jesus more than anything. He preaches Jesus. I remember when a friend of ours invited us to his church in Southern California, Joe Sweet, down, uh, Southern California. He said, you've got to come listen to this person. I didn't know, have any idea what this person was going to be like. And I heard he had he received uh, headline news reports of the future events uh, for our nation. So I was really interested. So we went down there and we, heard, we listened to him. I, I kind of expected, it was kind of scary, like, You know, my friend and I, we used to go to meetings sometimes, like maybe you do too. You're coming around prophets, so you make sure you repent of everything (laughs) that could be wrong, or maybe a sin, you know, because you don't want to be found out, right? You don't want to be called out on that. But later, you know, uh, after more training, I realized there's not going to be probably a whole lot of calling out of that kind of stuff. Um, And uh, the Lord calls us up. He's calling us up into Him. Prophesying to us our future, he's prophesying to us our destiny. He's telling us who we are and what we are and why we are called to uh, to be incredible, walking with God, um, saints of God. So he he tells us that even though you know we may not be walking there, but when we have the hope that that's who we are, that's what our our end uh, result is that we are supposed to actually show up and become like. Then we say, "Oh my gosh." Why would I waste that? I want to do that, so we do that. Anyway, um, okay. So yes, yeah, so Terry Bennett. Um, you know, I, I went and saw, We went and saw him. The story is, we go down to Southern California and we see him. And what I uh, what I loved about him, I didn't immediately hear the headline news reports. In fact, that wasn't probably till me- message number four. He didn't even really want to share them. He was kind of pushed into it, pretty much, like. We really want you to share this with the people. Uh, But Terry just preached Jesus. Message after message after message after message. That's a true lover of God. That's a true prophet of God. They love Jesus. They point at Jesus. They talk about Jesus. And Jesus is everything. That's what I love about Timothy Sherman, my husband. Jesus is absolutely everything for him. So, um, I don't know. So, So uh, um, the last time I was with Terry, uh, the last message that he preached, at the end of the last message, he talked about what he was bringing all his people in Tennessee, which is where he's living. He's bringing them all back to beholding the Lord. He said, sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. So he's on Wednesday nights. They have a, a meeting called The Gathering, and he takes the older people and his son takes the younger people and all they're doing is training them on how to behold the Lord. So I would say that's pretty high on the Lord's uh, yellow highlighter that <laughs> he's highlighting right now is how to behold the Lord and to get people, the body of Christ, the people of God, how to actually do that. So you ready? Okay, awesome. He and he and he would actually uh, tell us at the end of that conference as well, the last with like the last 20 minutes of his message, which the whole conference was incredible. Uh, but how that he, when he was working 50, and I shared this last time when he was working 50 hour a week job was getting up at four o'clock every morning. He was always a seer, but his seer stuff came off, became off the charts more, 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 and more greater and more greater visitations and more seeing it all opened up greater and wider. But he would get up at four in the morning until seven thirty. So that's four. That was three and a half hours. And all he did was get quiet. He wasn't praying. He wasn't interceding. He wasn't singing. He wasn't worshiping. He wasn't soaking with music. He was just beholding to Jesus, waiting in his presence and quietness. And then he would go do his work, and he would come home from work, and he would eat dinner, spend time with his family, and then he would go in a quiet place, and he'd do the same thing at night. And he did that for five years straight. Every day. And then sometimes, actually, he would also during the week he would do all night watches, where he'd stay up all night and he just wait on God all night long. Pretty, pretty amazing, huh? Pretty hardcore. But if you knew Terry's life now, and you knew what he's encountering and how he's engaging, the last that I that last time we were with him, he was talking about the elders. You know, the elders who are before the throne? So the elders have visited him. And they're totally another being off the charts. Why would they visit him? Because the Lord can trust him with that kind of revelation. Because the higher the revelation, and the more things open up to you, the more you have to be able to stand in that place. We want him to open it up. We say, yes, Lord, we want it. We want to see, we want to see. And I used to ask the question, I want to. I want things so bad. Why doesn't he just do it? You know, <laughs> because you have to be ready for him to actually do that. You have to place yourself and position yourself in that place for that. Why? Because when that thing starts opening up, you're you become dangerous, more dangerous to the demonic realm. So the demonic realm, uh, you you the, you know, the flags come up on them about what's going on with you and your your you're not just having Bible knowledge, but you're having Bible knowledge, revelation, you're meeting with Jesus, you're being caught up into the councils of heaven, you're discussing things on earth, governmental things. Wouldn't you say that's a little more threatening to the kingdom of darkness than just, I go to church, I read my Bible for 15 minutes, and I read a devotional book, and then I do my work and I go home, I cook and then I go to bed and sleep. That's a little bit more dangerous. So, are you loved anymore by God by doing that? No. He loves all of us absolutely the same. There's no limits of his love toward us. But we want to walk with him, right? Amen? Amen. So, um so, his His goal, he's uh, practically teaching people um, how to get in the presence of God and stay there. And He, from his mouth, the more you do this, the more breakthrough you get. The more time, the more breakthrough. So, it just depends on how much breakthrough we want, right? How much do we want for spiritual expansion, for spiritual increase? I spoke about a man named Sadhu uh, he, Um He himself, al- also um, a seer, he has um, Angel God TV now, which goes all over the world. It's, <laughs> it's a TV station with a prophet voice. It will be a prophet, and it is a prophetic voice to the nations, to the whole world. It's a very pure he did not start out as a seer, but he became a seer after he, as a school teacher, he was a, doing a job school teacher, and he um, he prayed, the same prayer that he heard Kenneth Hagin pray that the eyes of my understanding, Ephesians 1 seventeen through eighteen, prayed that prayer until that opened up for him. Uh, Kenneth Hagin did that. Sadhu Sundar did the same thing Sadhu, and um, uh, then it just popped open. He would get up before he went to school as a school teacher, early, early in the morning, way early, like hours before, and he would just wait on the Lord. He did the same thing, waited on him, and then he prayed that prayer. I asked for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding would open up. I want to see. I want to open up. And how can the blind lead the blind? They'll both fall into the ditch. It's not going to work. He as well, Sadhu, also has a, a practice where he prays in tongues many hours a day. And when I was landing on this praying in tongues for long periods of time, myself, I was stepping into that. Um, I We made a phone call to our friend Joe Sweet down in Lancaster, California, and I said, oh, ask Sadhu what he thinks about tongues. Because Sadhu, Jesus comes, visits him. He has the angels visit. Lots of uh, commission from the Lord, high level. Um, he said, oh, yes. He said, well, he said, yes, that is... Very good to do that. And he's Indian, so he's very gracious. He says, "Uh, one hour for everyday believer, three hours for someone called to the ministry. Baseline. Is Is it doable? Yes, it's doable. I've done it three hours every day. I did that for years and years and years. Timothy and I did it together in our home. Three hours every day and you, it builds your faith up. You have um, I a like rock star faith. It's just so easy to believe God. Uh, amazing, amazing faith. I mean, Timothy Sherman, I just want to share uh, just really quick, because I love these stories. These are real-life stories of people that you can, we can all have, walk with him like this. Um, Timothy's life, I mean, you all know Timothy. You come here, you hear him preach. Um, he, Timothy, his... His history, background history. Um, well, I know his supernatural encounters because I live with him, <laughs> and um, he's translated numerous times. Translated to Russia for three months. Uh, uh, during, you know, he's written a book about that, which we're going to be producing. Um, that's a fabulous story. Um, he's had all night visions. He's seen it to the year 2020. An angel came and all night visions and took him. He came out of it, and he'd go back into it. Came out of it, would go back into it. it. Took him all the way year, all the way up to 2020. The angel took him. Boom, boom, boom. They went year after year after year. Um, the, one of the last things that just happened uh, in our Friday morning prayer meeting was that we were all praying. It was a really fiery prayer. Our Friday morning prayers are not boring. They're very uh, fiery. <laughs> say the least, right? Here, who has been to our prayer meetings? Would you say they're fiery? Yes. They're not boring. It's prophetic intercession. We pray from the throne. We pray. We go to the throne and pray the throne. We pray the prayers of Jesus. We 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 join with him and pray his intercessions, and uh, and we join with Jesus in his intercessions. And it's not boring. It's very uh, fa- uh, very exciting. Um, and so not it was about three Fridays ago. The the intercession that day was extremely uh like electric fiery and it was like an inferno almost the whole two hours Uh, towards the end of that timothy walks off out of our house uh, on the back of our our patio walks out looks up into the sky he raises his hands and he's just weeping he's thanking god for what's been happening with the prayer because you can feel it it's like a visitation in our house and he looks up and all of a sudden jesus shows up in the sky this i mean he's there in the sky and he talks to Timothy about he's coming to Eagle's Nest. He talked to him about that. And they have this conversation and, and as he's looking up and he's just, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then he said, Oh, from the behind, but from the right, this streak of light came flying in next to Jesus. And, 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 and he looks up and it's a chariot that's a light and fire and it pulls up and and, and and Elijah jumps out of the chariot and stands there and looks at Timothy and talks to him. And he says, Will you prepare a place for me? And then he looked out into the distance and he said, Will you prepare a place for me? And he, of course he said, Yes, what do you want? <laughs> so, um, Timothy is al- he, Timothy's always beholding the Lord. All I can just say, he always is doing that. But his history, his background history was, he spent hours and hours, he's, he, he did much fasting. Timothy has memorized whole books of the Bible. And Timothy is just so much a word man. He's memorized whole books of the Bible. Um, He spent eight, ten hours a day uh, for years just walking the floor, praying, Bible open, praying in tongues, reading the scripture while he was praying. He spent many hours waiting on God, many hours beholding the Lord, uh, waiting in silence. And I would say many many nights, all the time, he's up in the night. Timothy wakes up in the night, and he gets up, and he's with the Lord in the middle of the night. Or he wakes up, and he gets up, and the Lord speaks to him. And the Lord's talking to him, and he gets up in the night. He always responds. He always gets up. He always does that. And he's always asking questions. He's asking the Lord questions. If you ask the Lord questions, it will lead you to answers. So mull over inside questions that you want to ask the Lord, and really pursue the Lord with those questions and he'll start revealing those answers to you. Okay, I shared last week that I was going to talk about... Um, someone had the question, and I'm actually going to get to the waiting, maybe, hope, hopefully. Somebody asked the question, why am I seeing more in the demonic than the angelic realm? And I popped that off with Timothy. You, I was on the phone with him, and, he's, and he said, well, Bob Jones said this, and let me quote Bob Jones. If you're seeing more demonic than angelic, your soul is stuck in the second heaven. If you go into your spirit, you will see heavenly realms. And the other, you will only see when the, with the discerning of spirits when it's working. The soul man gets his directives from the second heaven. Isn't that good? So then I, I'm on the phone with Timothy and I said, okay, Tell me practically, how are we going to tell people, how do you go into your spirit? would not you want to ask that question? How do you go into your spirit? And he popped off and he said this back to me. He said, your spirit is where the Holy Spirit is and the Godhead. You go in through your thoughts. Words through the spoken word out loud. You go into the spirit by your imagination. And with these words I put on Christ, the light from within, I'm clothed with his invisible light, by grace through faith. So these are just some practical ways in how you actually enter into the spirit. Of course you can always pray in tongues. And lots of praying in tongues will get you very connected in that spirit realm as well. You just it uh, it just happens. Your vision and your focus goes that way. Um so Practically, how are we going to do this? And um, your imagination. I want to talk a little minute about your imagination, which is partly what Bob Jones talks about as well. And and the the way to beholding your imagination is the bridge into the spirit realm. Your imagination is the greatest gift that you've been given to from God. Your imagination gives you the ability to imagine. It is the closest into spirit realm of anything. Your thoughts are one thing, but your imagination, your thoughts will cause your imagination to imagine. Uh, Faith works by hope. Faith is a substance of things hope for. That is that substance. Hope, what the songs up here tonight had to do with hope. Hope creates vision. If you lose hope, you can't, vis- you have no vision for the future for anything good. The hope's gone. So your eye is shut down. You can't see. So imagination is the, the, is the, it's the bridge into the spirit realm. Your imagination is sanctified at the new birth. And uh, that's good to know because you can have confidence that. Uh, your imagination, when you imagine things with the Lord, that it's good. Of course, you can also ask the Lord to wash your imagination in the morning and at night before you go to bed because we just we come across things. It just happens. TV, movies, whatever. Just ask Him to wash your imagination. Um, the Lord, by faith, it says the worlds were formed in Hebrews. And by faith... The worlds were formed. Even the Father, it says, He formed the worlds by faith. By faith, it says, the worlds were formed, because the world was made out of what wasn't the invisible, and it came into the visible. So faith formed the Father formed the worlds by faith. So imagination. Here's our uh, anchor scripture would be uh, Ephesians one sixteen through eighteen. The Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you might know what the hope of his calling is and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is. That is, uh, the scripture talks about that you would be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding, that word understanding there is imagination, that the eyes of your imagination would become enlightened. So I'm, I'm saying this to give us a, uh, a basis for the imagination. And the scripture says, As we look not on things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So the unseen actually is the eternal realm. This is not the eternal realm. This is the natural realm, it's matter. Colossians three two says, "Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things." These are some scriptures that give you a foundation, or give you uh, like liberty, and they give, it gives you um, permission to go there. Um, how, how many of you were here when Joey Zamora came? Some, a lot of you were here when Joey came. Joey Zamora is a friend of ours. He's a prophet. He's in the Tri-Cities area, he's got a church there. They've had so many cancers healed in that church. Tons of cancers. And I've talked to him before about like, what why do you why why do you think you have such great success with healing cancers? And he said, Glenda, he said, before I pray for someone for cancer, I always imagine them different. So I make my imagination, if it's lung cancer, whatever kind of cancer it is. I change what that would look like to looking like a brand new lung. I imagine that first, and then I pray. I'll never pray for somebody if I don't imagine first the opposite, or imagine with my imagination what the result is I want to have happen. So you move from thoughts to imagination. Thoughts are one thing, but when you move from your thoughts, your thinking, to imagination, you can... You can think, a thought can come into your head because the demonic realm will hit you through thoughts. Like, I'm going to be so, I've had so much physical problems. Probably in two years, I'm going to be in a bed somewhere for the rest of my life. Those are thoughts. Those will hit you. Or like, I'm, gee, I'm not 35 anymore. Probably my world's over and it's downward spiral from here. <laughs> All right? <laughs> no, no. Those are thoughts that come. Those are demonic thoughts that come because that is not the thought of God toward you. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're to prosper you and to give you a future and to give you hope. God always gives hope. He always paints a picture of hope for you. Always for you. Everything else is poverty, spirit. It's it's a uh, it, spirit of infirmity. It's all that junk, junk stuff. Not a good thing. So you imagine. I not only, I hear those thoughts and I rebuke them. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I don't receive you. I rebuke it because he's given me authority to to do that. And then I just say, as well, I don't believe you. I just don't believe you. I I see what you do and I see what you're coming at. I don't believe that picture. In fact, I'm going to remake a picture in my mind. And this is what my life's going to look like. And I make my imagination work for me to create what I want it to look like. You create your world by your th- imagination. Do dogs imagine their world like <laughs> Zephyr, their dog? Does he sit and think, hmm, I think organic food would be most amazing? I, absolutely. Actually, I don't even really like dog food. I think a steak or a filet mignon with a nice juicy bone in the middle or, you know, porterhouse steak would be the best. So, hmm, I'm going to think about that. You know, they don't imagine. We imagine because we're in the image and likeness of God. We can dream and have imagined. We can imagine. So, so that's the imagination. That's the beholding. In Genesis 11:6, we see the negative of that. With the Tower of Babel. It says, Behold, the people are one, and they have one language, and this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Why did he confuse their language? Because nothing that they would imagine to do would stop them, even though it wasn't the God kind of imagination. God gave us an imagination to be able to create, just like he creates. And we create our world through it through what we allow in our head, our imagination. What were they imagining? It wasn't just a big, tall building. They were actually building portals up into, they were trying to break through into the heaven of heavens. It was very evil. And it would not have, it would not have, it wouldn't have, it would have happened. Because they imagined it together. What if we imagine together like revival breakout and just refuse to allow thoughts that are different from that? What if we refuse just to allow all the negative things that have been harassing your head? And you just say, I don't believe you anymore. That is just not the world I'm going to have. Not only just say, I'm not going to, think that thought, but I'm actually going to make, in my imagination, something absolutely different. I'm going to create a new world. Because you know, if that's coming at you, why is it coming at you? Because you're a threat. Because probably, most likely, the opposite of that is you're a healer, you're, a va- you're going to heal, raise the dead, heal the sick, like Catherine Kuhlman. Probably that's all coming at you because to discourage you and say, well, you couldn't do that. You've got all this stuff going on in your life. Just, you know, that would be, I mean, if I was a strategist, a demonic strategist, that's what I would do. Like, okay, you know, Mary's an artist and she's going to create hope for people by her paintings. And her paintings are going to make people believe in color and beauty again. And so we're just going to say, your paintings are awful. You should give it up. There are so many other people that are so much better than you. Why do you even try? So give it up. Mary, don't do it. Right? We We say, no, absolutely not. I'm not thinking that. In fact, I'm going to think my well, my paintings are probably going to be on the chapel somewhere at the, in the ceiling. <laughs> right? So I, So yes, so we got let's make our imagination work with us. Let's make it work for us, because he gave us our imagination. He gave us the eyes of our imagination, our understanding to be enlightened with his light. Um. Yes, that's (laughs) amazing. I think. We're just hitting imagination because beholding is looking. It's imagining. And I really want to establish this imagination. One is that we're going to walk with God all day long, not just for four hours or three hours or one hour or a half hour or 15 minutes or however long you make a determination to behold him we are going to behold him all day long. We're going to stay in that heavenly realm all day long. We're not going to, we're not going to play in another realm. Because we are made for much more than that. So we're, we're just not going to do that. So, imagination. I wrote a few things down. It's the most powerful tool that we have. Your thoughts are seeds. They grow They grow. Everything grows. So if you let that thought be there long enough, it'll grow. And seeds produce plants that produce more seeds, that produce a nice garden of doubt or unbelief or (laughs) whatever it might be. Or if you make your thoughts work for you, they go the opposite way, and you have a word from the Lord, you make yourself think those thoughts. I've made myself get happy before by making myself smile. When I was really down, and I, I was like bummed about something, and I said, you know what, this is not really going to happen. And all my little tools didn't work, and I just said, I'm just going to smile. And do you know if you make yourself smile for an hour, you are not going to be depressed? Just change where your lips are, <laughs> and make yourself smile. By the way, if we frown a lot, it causes wrinkle lines down here. And girls, you really don't want that. <laughs> So make yourself smile. It's just like, it works your muscles a lot better. Okay, so your imagination. Imagination. Um, movies are visions on screen. Someone had an imagination of a story and they created visions on a screen. That's a movie. Imagination. It wasn't just thoughts. They didn't just have thoughts. They didn't just have a plot. They then had a plot, a thought, And then they created with their imagination what they want that movie to look like. So is the imagination. Inventions are all imaginations. Imagination to a better way, a better world. All inventions come from God. I mean, they all all come. People use them for good or bad. They all come out of heaven. But it's an imagination. It's a better way to do something. Steve Jobs. Imagination, a better iPhone. He revolutionized phones and communication. Texting, I mean, who would have thought? You just send a little text. That's changed all of communication. But there was a thought and an imagination behind it, how to actually make it work. Um, so, of course, we know... Um, I, one of, the, one of the encounters of, that Neville Johnson had was with Enoch, and one of the things that Enoch told him for becoming amazing as Enoch was, someone who walked with God and was not, but God took him, he, there were several things that he said, and one of them was, don't hurt with your thoughts and don't hurt with your words. It's very measurable. Don't hurt with your thoughts. Don't hurt with your words. Be grateful be thankful that you can imagine gratefulness you can imagine thankfulness and um, so that's imagination that's with our imagination okay where we're going here is beholding the Lord in beholding him The word be- beholding is waiting, waiting on God, beholding on Him, beholding Him. In Genesis 1, the word wait here, it's, an, it's the same as beholding. In Genesis 1, 6-9, it says, Let the waters be gathered together into one place, and let the dry lands appear, and it was so. The word gathered there is wait. So waiting on God is basically you're gathering everything together about you and who you are to wait on Him. You're gathering your body, you're gathering your emotions, you're gathering your mind, you're gathering everything. Just like the the waters gathered together to form the sea, you gather everything together to wait upon Him. It means to look for, expect, to linger, collect, bind together, bind your body, soul, and spirit together to focus on Him. That is, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Waiting, beholding the Lord. So, um, uh, another favorite verse of mine, and I'm going to just um, give us 2 Corinthians 3, 15-18. If you have a Bible, you can look there. Um I know this is a lot of very practical stuff, but if you'll take this stuff and some of the tips and keys that I'm telling you tonight, I've gathered and gleaned a lot of these from speakers, from places, from being in green rooms and with uh, people who have amazing walks with God. 2 Corinthians 3, um, 15-18, one of my favorite verses. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their head. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. So beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, you're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Just as from the Lord the Spirit, and then Second Corinthians four down here it says, "Light has shone in darkness, and the one who is shown in our hearts, he shines to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ." So the light of the knowledge of the glory of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. You beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Where is the glory? In the face of Jesus. As when you're beholding the face of Jesus, you are being transformed, changed into his image. In the image and likeness of God. That's where the con- being conformed to him, wholly conformed to him, growing up into him in all things. It's the, what Elijah did. It's what uh, Sadhu has done. It's what Terry Bennett has done. It's what they all of them... Any of the greats, even John G. Lake, prayed. After he was having miracles, amazing miracles, power of God, he prayed that he might have a greater entrance into the knowledge of God. He wanted that. Even though he had crowds and crowds and miracles and all that stuff, he wanted a greater knowledge of God. It wasn't enough just to have all that. He wanted to know God. David said, I have set the Lord continually before me. Does that mean real? Did he really set the Lord continually before him? Yes, he did. David said, I set the Lord continually before me. He didn't say the Lord is set continually before me. He says, I set the Lord continually before me. So, um, Acts 2.25 talks about David and it says, I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand that I might not be shaken. I was always beholding the Lord in my presence, for he is at my right hand that I might not be shaken. He literally saw the Lord at his right hand, to his right, always. He says that, I was always beholding the Lord. Why do we have David, you know, Jesus, son of David? It wasn't, Jesus isn't called Jesus, son of Abraham. Jesus, son of David. Um... Because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Psalm 16:18 says, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because He is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. In your presence is fullness of joy. Psalm 61, 5 and 6, My soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. My soul, wait in silence for God alone. The Song of Solomon, if you read Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon would move your heart with emotion and passion toward him. Uh, Song of Solomon 1 talks about the virgins. Therefore, because of the fragrance of your good ointment, the virgins love you. Those who are pure in heart love the fragrance of the Lord. They want to be in his fragrance. They love his fragrance. It also says his name is as ointment poured forth. His name carries anointing and ointment. Um, my journey, my little journey, my story of my life is I learned how to wait on God many years ago. Uh, I met someone who taught me and trained me in how to wait on the Lord and how to go with him in silence. And it was his story and the, him and his friend's stories that inspired me to go the journey, to like go the long haul journey and do this. And so I, um, I learned how to wait on him in quietness and I would wait. I had a little place I set aside. It was, I call it my God room. And I would go there and I would just wait on him in, in quietness. And I would go an hour sometimes to get 10 minutes of just, okay, I've conquered this. I'd have 10 minutes of waiting where my thoughts were not like crazy, like, you know, trying to talk to me for the whole hour about what I needed to do. Um... So my waiting went, uh, uh, I, wouldn't, I, didn't, I waited on the Lord in quiet and silence. I conquered that and I was able to do that. And then when I met Neville Johnson and talked with him, I said to him, I said, Neville, I am, um, he's a prophet out of Australia. I've waited on the Lord for years. I just wait in silence. and I, It's easy for me now. It took a while for me to break through, but once I broke through, I was able to do it. And he said, and he said, Glenda, he said, if you will behold the Lord and use your imagination, add imagining the Lord to your waiting on Him in quietness, you'll go to a whole nother level. And then I started practicing that and I went to a whole nother level. So, let me share with you, I know this has been a little bit, um, let me share what's happened to me. So, um, waiting on him and imagining him I really, me personally I love the middle of the night for really early I like the 4am time slot I'm just saying I'm not telling everybody to go do this at 4 o'clock in the morning I'm just saying it's just my personal preference I love the quiet the city's shut down there's no noise out there in the city it, it, it's quiet the atmosphere in the region is quiet and I, and I love that so um, in waiting on him and then awaiting on him with imagination and beholding him what started happening is that whole realm start opening up to me the visionary realm opened up for me more than it ever has before and in beholding the Lord and imagining Him and just being with Him and loving Him there in that place, um, so, you know, a couple of my experiences that I've had. One is I, I, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. I saw Him. Um, he, his garment was white light. He, he was up. His garment came down white but his garments glow; they're just full of light but through his garment was the ladder and i went oh my gosh you are the jacob's ladder because through him there was a staircase that went through him behind him up into the heavens and he is the way he is the truth and he is the life he is the door to the sheep you cannot get anywhere anything go anywhere any higher than Jesus himself. You cannot access anything in the heavens or the heavenlies except through him. He His he, The the stairway went through him up and um, uh, to the right and to the left of the stairway where there's like these billowing white light um, clouds and angels line up the pathway into heaven. And, um that's um, as well I mean I talked about asking questions I, I asked the Lord I was mostly I'm there just beholding I'm loving him I'm not there asking for something or looking for anything so um, but in that time of waiting and being with him sometimes he just comes in and starts talking to me he just talks to me about the universe or he talks to me about uh, uh, creation and he tells me things and I come into like an understanding he loves telling us things about him about his creation he loves I remember I asked him one time uh, I asked him one time I said why do you love the father so much and he took me out I went out from my body I flew out and I was underneath a planet and out in the galaxies and the planet was beautiful. And he was showing me the planet. And he was telling me, this is why I love the Father. The beauty of creation. That was one experience. And um, then I asked him about the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? But I normally don't even ask him anything. I mean, 99.9%, I'm not asking him anything. I'm just with him. So what is the fear of the Lord? I, talk to me about, what is the, I didn't say it like that. It's one of, it's in one of those really, really intimate times. And I just say, I didn't use my words, but in my heart, I was asking him. And honestly, a lot of things he talks to me about are things that are deep in my heart that haven't actually come out enough for me to actually even think them. So the depths of my heart, and he answers them and talks to me about them. Now that's really loving. But he really knows us in the depths of our heart, of our being. I said, "What is the fear of the Lord?" And then he showed me. I I saw, I saw a pathway. It was a, a, a pathway of light. And on my right and my left side, there was a wall of purple light. At the end of the pathway is the white light, like the white glory light at the end of it. And he t- and he and he showed me the the purple light on both sides was like the red sea of light. And to come into the glory of, of glories, you must pass through the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord will come in you because it the fear of the Lord is it's his holiness that takes you into the glory of glory glory glory. So I'm telling you it is worth the journey, and you use your imagination when you're in his presence in his quietness because when you're there in the quietness with your imagination focused on him, then you may say, well, it's just my imagination, but you stay there and you love him because it's a it's it's a maybe it, it the picture becomes real like well, Jennifer's had it happen where You're looking, maybe you find a picture of the throne of God. You do a Google search, throne room, and you find a picture of the throne. And you're loving the Lord, and you're just imagining this picture of the throne. And then all of a sudden, the throne comes through. The real one comes through. Okay. So... I'm going to give you, I'm going to just give you, if you've got paper and you can take notes, I'm just going to go through. So we can behold the Lord. You get yourself in a quiet place and you behold the Lord. The best way to do is to find a picture of Jesus. This is simple. This is just really simple. Find a picture of Jesus that you love, that you connect with. It's not idolatry. It's just a picture of Jesus. He doesn't mind that it's not exact doesn't mind that it's not the perfect him, just a picture of him. And you're going to find a picture of him and you're going to find a quiet place and you're going to take the picture and you're going to sit very quietly. And I would say your heart motive is not to have visions. Your heart motive is not to see angels. Your heart motive is not to have a visitation. Your heart motive would be like Mary of Bethany just pouring love out on Jesus. That's the heart motive. The heart motive... With that, the pure in heart, it says, we'll see God. So the purity of heart would be, I just love you. I adore you. I want to be with you. I want to know you. And you love him. And you let your emotions move toward him. You close your eyes. You have the quiet place. You let your emotions move toward the Lord. I love you. Jesus. So you look at the picture. You close your eyes. And then you just imagine him. And you say his name because, like I said earlier in Song of Solomon, his name carries his ointment, carries his presence. So with the name of Jesus set off your lips or from your heart, the presence of the Lord will linger on you. It will linger for a period of time. When you feel it start to lift, then you say his name again, and you imagine him, and you let your heart move in emotion toward him, and you you just repeat this. So, okay, number one, find a place without distraction. And I must say, your cell phone must be shut off. It is the biggest distraction, it is the hugest uh, stealer and robber of time, uh, in my life anyway, in the last five years, cell phone. So if you're gonna, when you're gonna wait, You're determining yourself. You're going to actually wait on the Lord. You find a place without distractions. These are how-to steps. So I'm going to give you the how-to steps. Cell phone, you shut it off. Don't just uh, shut the... You literally shut it off. Power it off. Then that way you're not tempted to look up a scripture verse. You're not tempted to do something else. So to set yourself up for success, you find a time, a specific time. So you have a time and a place. You find a place, that's your place. You're going to meet with God there. You find a specific time, that's your time. And If you can't always do it at that time, say maybe it's morning time, you're working and you can do half the time in the evening, set a time in the morning or the evening that you're actually going to meet with God. If you don't set it, you won't do it. Or if you don't set it, you'll do it some of the time. Not all the time. Tell yourself, this is for me. He would not tell you to look into the unseen realm if you couldn't. I read those scriptures. I can come to the very holy of holies. He wouldn't say that I could come to the very holy of holies if he did not ask me to do that and if it wasn't possible. I can behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus because he said I should look at the glory of God in the face of Jesus. He is in me. And I can behold him. It says that Christ is within you. In fact, your spirit being is, you are a body, you are a soul, and you're, um, a spirit. Your spirit being that's been born, you've been born again, your spirit being is where Christ is within you. Christ is in your spirit man. For the Holy Spirit is, and the substance of Jesus is all through your spirit being. It's like, picture your spirit being like iridescent light, and Jesus is filling your spirit. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Timothy's son, Timothy had taught him 2 Corinthians 3, that I just talked to you about, 2 Corinthians 4, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. He He was meditating on this, he was thinking about this, he was mulling it over in his mind. Meditating, thinking about it, reading it. And he walked into his bathroom. This was before he's even married. Timothy was mentoring. Walked into his bathroom, looked in the mirror. And all of a sudden, the reflection on the mirror was not what his form. It was actually Jesus. You, you ask me, well, did Jesus just appear in the mirror? No. Jesus is in us. And he reflects through us mean a I looked up mirror mirror light doesn't stop we're beings of light light does not stop a mirror works because it has something within it that stops the light and that causes reflection reflects back at us. so he's look it gets to the mirror and the light that's coming back which has come from him is Jesus looking back at him Isn't that awesome? Now he was, I don't know, he was probably in his early 20s when this happened to him. Beholding him changes you into his image. I want union with him. I want to be changed into his image. Like, like mixes with like. Right? Oil and water don't mix together, but water and water mix or oil and oil mix. So you want to be changed into his image. You want union. You want to walk with him in oneness. Make your place comfortable. I have a spot. I've made it very comfortable. So you want to be comfortable. You want to have, if it's, you need a blankie, I have a blankie. I have a little step stool that I put my feet on to where, like, you know, my back's not going to start hurting, right? Because I'm gonna I'm planning to stay there. I'm planning on staying there for hours. Me, that's me. Hours. Because I figure I've got one life to live, right? I'm being trained here. I'm going to be trained. So i got step, step thing. I've got my blankie. And I have this kind of, like, little pillow thing behind me, just in case. I fall asleep. Sometimes you may fall asleep. If I were to fall asleep, you don't want to hurt your neck, right? So I'm just being really practical here. But I'll drink, I'll drink uh, mate tea. I'll I'll, I'll drink yerba mate tea to keep me awake because I don't want to fall asleep. I want my hours. I want to be with him and I don't want to fall asleep. So, um, his name carries his presence. I shared that with you. So if you say his name, then his presence will linger on his name. And you add emotion to that. Picture of Jesus, you connect with him that way. He doesn't have a problem that it's not exact. Also, Google search uh, the throne of God has some beautiful pictures of the throne. Some artists have done some amazing jobs. There's also pictures of Jesus if you do a search on that. we're not interceding we're not asking for things we're just looking um if you're if you do in the morning if you're gonna behold the lord in the morning if you will work some things out before you go to bed that's bugging you what you're worried about or concerned about you'll have less likely chance that you're going to think about him in the morning when you're beholding and waiting on the lord so just take 10 minutes before you go to bed and think about the things that you're worried about. And you can pray in that language he gave you to perfectly communicate with him, tongues, or your English and just talk through it. So when you're ready to get up in the morning, you're clear. You, that's not going to come flying into your mind. Um, I would say that what will happen is the veils of unbelief as you wait on the Lord and behold him like this, the, you will find that your veils of unbelief will pop up, and the veils are the things that that uh keep the vision of you actually stepping into that spirit realm and seeing well and because the, the veils will pop up the veil would be like this is stupid I don't believe this I are uh, yeah i i I'd, i I don't think that this will work or it may be worked for him but it won't work for me that's another veil that's a veil of i'm not well i'm not good enough i it can happen for other people but not me it's like poverty spirit that veil will come up the everybody has their own that they will pop up i'm just telling you if you determine to wait on him like this the veils of unbelief will come up but the coolness is You get to get rid of them. Just tell them, no, that's not true. What is actually true is it will happen for me. I don't choose to look at you or think your thoughts. I'm not going to believe your thoughts. You just tell it, I'm not going to believe you. And it goes away. Um... Second Corinthians 10.15 says, Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So your job is to bring those into obedience. Um, eliminate all distractions. Um, I would say probably beholding what changes you more than encounters. Be- uh, why? You think encounters would really change you. Encounter changes the way you think a lot. Because you're encountering Gabriel, you're encountering an angel, you're encountering... I know one time Neville, before he was going to Israel, um, Abraham, Joseph, and a third patriarch, I can't remember which one it was, came the night before he was leaving for Israel. They just showed up in his room. And each of them had a message for him. It changed the way he thought, and it was had to do with the commissioning of the Lord for his entrance into Israel. So beholding him will change you. Why? Because you're looking at him. And whatever you look at, you become like. So if you're looking at, um, like, let's say a girl, you're looking at a lot of Hollywood stuff you're reading the tabloids, you're reading all the gossip magazines, you're, and you're looking at that, and you're beholding that, and you're like, looking at the, comparing, comparing yourself to the magazines, and all that stuff, um, you start becoming, that becomes a part of your world, you start becoming like that. Whatever you look at, whatever you give your focus to, whatever you give your attention to, you start becoming like it. So if you're looking at Jesus, and you may look at him, in His presence, not just being in His presence, looking at Him, loving Him. I I will sit there and I will say, Lord Jesus, I love You. I've just come here, Lord, to be with You. I have no agenda. I don't want anything. I'm not asking You for anything. I'm just here. I love You, Lord. I love You, Jesus. I adore You, Lord. I love You, Jesus. And then I start imagining His eyes. His face, his hair, I, I, I love you. I look at you, I behold you, I just adore you. Like Mary, I just pour out on you. Lord, I just come here, I want to be with you. I'm just here to be with you. And you change. And when you're with him like that a lot, your nature starts changing. You become more kind, you become more patient, you become more thoughtful. You become more aware. The angelic realm opens up more because you're looking into that realm. His realm is solid, his realm is eternal. This is not eternal. This thing's going to decay, but he won't decay. And don't stress and worry about it that you're not going to get it because <laughs> that'll make it worse. That's worry. Um. So that's, you know, that's a basic um, kind of 101, how to behold the Lord. The story goes, um, Neville Johnson, who I, you've heard me talk about him, he, um, when he first, now he has tons of encounters, but when he first started on this journey of waiting on God and beholding Him, he um, he would do it sometimes, and then he wouldn't, fall you know, he would stop. And he would do it, and then he'd stop. But a principle in the kingdom is once you, Come in and you you enter in and you uh, step into something, a place, it's always yours. It's always there. You don't have to keep working at it to try to get there. You just are there. And so, um, anyway, I love the story and I'll finish with the story as he's, um, he tells the story of um, his mentor, which would be Walter Butler, was the guy that he learned from. And he said, This one message of beholding the Lord. Jesus, the devil has fought him on this message more than anything. Because if you get this, you get everything. You get this, you change into him. You get this, you walk in union with him. You get this, your communion, your fellowship goes off the charts. It's incredible. And so, um, Walter Butler, um, who he learned from, decided he would just get up in the middle of the night, sit in his chair, in his living room, and he would just wait on the Lord, I don't have any agenda and he would do it every night night after night after night and he would sit there and he would just say Jesus I'm here to love you I don't have anything I'm asking for I'm not trying to get anything I just adore you I'm just waiting on you and he, he would sit there and he would just wait day after day after day after day after about a year he's sitting there nothing eventful has ever happened but he's just sitting there and he, pretty soon he hears the door open to his house And then he hears steps coming down the hallway. And then around the corner came Jesus. He just walked right in. And he was in this realm. Now, he's in this realm and he walks in and he says to Walter, he says, Thank you. He said, Thank you for coming every night and just being with me. And he said, Not many will do what you've done, but thank you for coming and being with me. Isn't that something and then Walter and him would with their relationship was like that for you know it just kept growing and growing and growing amazing like that you can go into Jesus's realm all the time you may not get always where he steps into this realm in solid form or steps out of that realm into this realm but you can step into his realm always. It's spirit to spirit. You step in there and you behold him. You look at him and you adore him, and you go right in to his realm. You go into his realm, and it and it it is a wild, amazing journey, and it is totally worth. It is totally, totally worth this journey. And and the hungry will go there. You you mean you wouldn't be here if you weren't hungry. You wouldn't have come out on a Thursday night if you weren't hungry. wouldn't have held in here if you weren't hungry. And so, um, yes, it's uh beholding Him, beholding the Lord, we are changed into His image. Beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed from glory to glory. You go from glory to glory in beholding the Lord. So that's uh, my uh, practical step-by-step um, ways, practical ways to actually look at the Lord and step into this. So let's all stand up. I just want to pray for you. Pray for the hunger and pray for the grace to come upon you from the Lord. Lord, I thank you. We thank you for um, your presence. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your kindness. But I thank you for hunger. I thank you that you said we could boldly come into the very Holy of Holies by the blood of Jesus. You said we can come right in to the Holy of Holies. We come into the very glory of God. We come into the glory, into the Holy of Holies, not just the holy place, not just the outer court, but right into the very Holy of Holies beholding you. We come boldly to the throne of grace, not just like, oh gosh, I think I am, but no, we really literally come into Before the throne of grace, in literalness, we come there. So, Lord, I'm asking right now for the hunger to land on your people, Lord. Lord, I ask for grace, a grace, a grace, a grace, a grace. God has graced me with a grace to pursue him. He's graced me with a grace to come after him, to find these kind of things and just come after the Lord. Because we must walk with God. The Lord needs us to walk with him. We're bridal. We're like, what kind of what kind of bride would not know him? What kind of bride would not see him? What kind of bride would not encounter him like this? We will encounter him like this because he loves us. It's for us. It is the children's bread. If healing is the children's bread, how much more would intimacy be? How much more would intimacy be yours? How much more would walking with him? How much more beholding him? It is yours. It is for you. So, Lord, I'm just, right now, I'm, 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 the grace of God to come around, Lord, to come upon them, to give them grace, to behold, grace, to behold. Grace, grace. No, it's yours. It's yours. Grace to behold. I need a little help, and I'll get you guys later. Grace to behold him. Lord, grace to behold. Now, right here, let the candle of the Lord come in. Baruka Blow, blow. Grace. Just take deep breaths. Breathe in. I'm imparting into you. A hunger, a beholding, a seeing, the eyes will see. And behold and look at Jesus, your bridegroom. Breathe, just take deep breaths. When I come and touch you, just breathe in, breathe in. Beholding, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. You're changed from glory to glory. Grace to hunger, grace to go there. Grace to hunger, grace to go there. Grace to hunger, grace to go, go rumba. It's yours. Yeah, de la banda, Grace, 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 grace to hunger, grace to go, to behold, to behold, to behold. Banda le carombe Eyes to see, barumba rada. Grace to go there. Barreche le bambon de la Grace, grace, banda la rama. Grace to hunger, grace to behold. Just stay steady. All the veils, all the veils. Remove, remove, remove the veils, the veils, the veils of unbelief. Grace to go. Grace to go. Bomba, bomba. Go, 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 go. Grace, grace, grace. Grace, grace, grace Lord. Just deep breath. Grace. I remember one time Neville was imparting and releasing from the front, and I said, "My gosh, you came and stood right in front of me." And he said, "What?" And I said, "No, I said no. You were we were in the room, and you came and you stood right in front of me." And I said, "Did that was that happening for everybody?" And he said, "No." He smiled. And he said, "No, I know it didn't happen for everybody, but it happened for you because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I want him. I want to know." I want to know him like that. I'm hungry. Bare bamba, bare bere, asiere brakunda reba, rende re brasele brasa. Just take a deep breath. Deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe in. Deep breath. Breathe in. Deep breath. Breathe in. Deep breath. Breathe in. Deep breath. Deep breath. Deep breath. Lord, your glory is for your children. You said, gross darkness would cover the earth, but my glory will come upon you. My glory is going to come upon you. My glory is going to come. Glory, glory, glory. My glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. My glory, glory. Glory, glory, bare celebra onda la braciana. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alleluia, barenga la brasa rabasili andora brasiara bambara karabaya. Thank you, Lord. 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 Lord. Alleluia. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, rabonerebri asaramana. Thank you, Lord. 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 Remember your imagination. It's the greatest gift. Imagine. Take authority over those thoughts. And when you set your time, Terry Bennett, you know, here's, his, here's what he says. He says, um, uh, let me find this. He says, I mean I I practice it and I went off the charts even with this but I've done this for a long time He says let me find it 45 minutes to stop the distraction an hour and a half breakthrough 5 hours open heaven 8 to 10 hours you never want to leave you lose track of all time it's just how much do we want right there's no condemnation it's not about condemnation it's just about how much breakthrough? How much breakthrough? Baru and there's ebbs and flows. I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, at least I would say at least you know, um, at least take an hour, thirty minutes, an hour, uh, and just start practicing this, practice waiting on him. Or if you're, you know, you're gonna go like way, wait, wait, way into this, <laughs> like hours. And again, I, it's not, this is not a performance thing. This is just, this is a key for entrance into an incredible lot with God. Incredible lot with God. Incredible lot with God. He's given us so much. He's given us so many ways to know Him. He's just, He's almost a multiple choice. <laughs> but this one, is the most incredible. And when I heard Terry say this at the end of a conference, which was incredible, and then give these like 45 minutes to stop distractions, an hour and a half breakthrough, three hours something else, five hours open heaven, eight to ten hours you'll never want to leave, you lose track of all time. I thought, man, I got so excited and I thought, I can teach this. I almost went up to him and said, let me teach it. He was at this church, and I was like, and I know the pastors, and I wanted to say, hey, bring me in, because I know I can teach it. I can teach it to us. You know, I had to hurry through this a bit tonight, because, you know, I didn't get to really unload it like I really, really wanted to be able to unload it, but guys, it is so doable, and it is, once you break into this, it's yours, is totally yours and you can do it at any time. let's just practice for a minute since you guys are all here I know you know we, we gotta go but <laughs> close your eyes for just a minute and all I want you to do I want the whole room to say his name. now I want you to think of the picture of him that you like the most Jesus and just get it in your mind. Now on the count of three let's just say his name together but just focus just in his see his face. See the hair. One, two, three. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. Now move with your emotions. Because emotions with imagination is the most powerful. For example, if you use your emotion in the negative side, In anger, you can connect to a spirit of anger because your emotions will connect you to spirit. It just does. So emotions toward Jesus will connect you to him. So think about him. Let your emotions move. Get the picture of him. Now on the count of three, we're going to say his name together. One, two, three. Now, nobody ever really wants to come out of this because you connect. You actually connected to the Lord. And how sad it would, is, and I, I mean, know what happens. There's, I mean, you can do this all throughout the day. Maybe you just take, take two minutes or you're in the car before you turn the key on. Just close your eyes and connect to Him. And then just ask Him to come with you. Invite Him to come with you wherever you're going but first connect to him so your connection it's like it's like if you had a lamp and it had a cord on it in order for the light to turn on you got to put it in the outlet this little habit i'm teaching you right now is you're putting it in the socket and when you do that you're connecting it's spirit to spirit and you have just connected to jesus now jesus is always with us but in, re- in experience and in you going to him and and you connect to him, you turn the light on through the outlet, you say his name, you imagine him, and let your emotions move toward him, and you're connecting. You, know, you, 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 you can do this for a half hour, you can do it for an hour, you can do it for hours, you can say, I'm going to... But when you leave here, think about it, And think about what you want, and what time you want to do it at, and where you want to set this up for yourself. And Sarah's got a closet. She rooms with other people, so she has a closet, and she's made her closet where she goes into and she meets with the Lord in her closet. Set the time, set the place, and make it ready for you and the Lord to meet together with. And it doesn't matter where you go, it doesn't matter if you've got access to my tapes, Bill Johnson's tapes, Timothy Sherman's tapes, Sadhu's tapes, Neville's tapes. If this that all went away, and you've developed this, you always have him. And he's the top dog. (laughs) I mean, he's the apostle of apostles, he's the prophet of prophet. he is the son of God, he is the creator, he made all of this. And we will rule and reign. We're called to be his bride to actually have a real vibrant relationship with him and walk with God. But this will get you there. Okay, this is training, Eagle's Nest training.